Hello, and welcome to the B-Team Podcast. My name is John Macy. Today I am joined by Milos. Hello, hello, hello. And we are here to, uh, we're going to do a couple things today, actually. Um, We are going to start with, we have a couple of passings to note, unfortunately. Um, We're going to go into some of the uh, major stuff announced at at San Diego Comic-Con over the weekend, uh, and primarily the, the giant slate of marvel announcements uh some star trek related a little bit of star trek related stuff um we can talk about the dungeons and dragons movie a little bit without getting into the i know you and boris are anti-trailer so i don't want to get into that too much but we can at least talk about that some um i was watching a video on youtube and like trailer started to play and i was like what's this and it's like dungeons. i was like oh no i'm skipping that i don't want to see the trailer um and our main purpose will be a sort of a double feature review, which we did this a while ago with those two basketball movies. We're going to try it again yep. with um, two like espionage films, both on Netflix. Uh, the Man from Toronto, starring Woody Harrelson and Kevin Hart and directed by Patrick Hughes. And the more recent release of The Gray Man, uh, starring Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans and directed by the Russo brothers. Um so let's begin with the passings. Unfortunately, uh, uh, today I guess it just came out that Paul Sorvino of Goodfellas fame and several other, you know, and he ha- he actually had some Star Trek ties too. He was um, Worf's foster brother in uh, Homeward, um, ah, yes. season seven, the one where they were trying to relocate all those people on the holodeck and shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I think we are now, we're talking about doing Goodfellas in the next couple of weeks because of this, and also probably for Ray Liotta on some level as well. Um, so we will... Well, it's also the shame that you still haven't seen that movie. No, but I, I own that and The Godfather, and I've just been waiting for an excuse to sit and watch them all, so... Yeah. Um, so, uh, also, and you know, uh, this, I just heard that this happened yesterday, but I just saw this today. And this is more, you know, this guy is nowhere near as a, much of a big deal as Orvino, but uh, because of our, our Trek bent on this show, this guy does have some serious Trek cred. Uh, David Warner passed at the age of 80 uh, yesterday. Uh, Paul Sorvino was 83, if I didn't mention that. Um, Warner had done some stuff in Britain that I'd never heard of, and I'm sure he's done other stuff in America that escapes me at the moment. But primarily, well, he was in the OG Tron as well. If oh, was he? oh, he was Sark, wasn't he? Yep. Oh, okay, yeah. How am I forgetting that? Okay, yep. Give me. And the... he was also the latest, I think, cred that I actually saw him on. I think he was the admiral in the Mary Poppins reboot. Oh, he was in that. The article I read mentioned that. Yeah. 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 Um, so, as far as Trek stuff, he was. Um, three different Trek roles, two of which are pretty significant, one of which is in one of the worst Trek things ever made, which we will get to soon enough. Um, he was St. John Talbot in the Federation Ambassador to Nimbus 3 in Star Trek V The Final Frontier. Um, he was Chancellor Gorkin in The Undiscovered Country, and he was Gull Madred in the two-part TNG episode Chain of Command. Yes. So, uh, quite the, quite the Trek resume for Mr. Warner. Um, okay, which brings us to rest in peace to both of those folks, unfortunately. Uh, our condolences to their families and et cetera. 
Um, so, uh, which brings us to San Diego Comic-Con, which was, you know, nerd nirvana this past weekend in San Diego. Um, my uncle lives there. I've never actually thought to go up there during that and, and try to use that as a base. Um, plus, it doesn't have the the same appeal to me that the Trek one does, because that one seems to be way less nasty than a lot of the... I don't know, like, looking at it, like, okay, the Trek convention, basically, yeah, it's all Trek, but when you look at, like, the San Diego Comic-Con, I think it's, like, at least for me, looking from the outside in, it's, like, something that's so big, it's, like, what exactly do you do, where do you start, like, how many panels are you going to get, when, how many panels are you not going to get to? Well, the the yeah. problem with it, the problem with it that I have is like, and I have friends who, and friends and acquaintances who have gone to it and have gone to the one in New York. I mean, Josh has been to the one in New York, which is the number two one of the year, pretty much. And everything I've heard from San Diego is like, you spend more time standing in line than you do doing anything else. So it's like, to me, it's not. It would be cool to say you were there when they announced some of that stuff, maybe, but considering that most of it gets put out on the internet within an hour, like... Yeah. I have a friend who's very uh, regular at the London Comic-Cons. Yep. She basically, like, she only just goes there for, like, certain... Like, she's not the biggest nerd in the world, I guess. Right. But it's like she goes for like certain stuff, like you know, like she's gonna go meet Tommy Hiddleston, Tom Hiddleston or something like that. It's like, okay. and then she's gonna wander around the Comic Con, and she's not gonna go to any of the panels or stuff like that. And she's like, you know, yeah. she ends up spending the whole day there, and she actually has a heck of a time just because she's actually there for just one thing. So she doesn't yeah, concern herself with panels or anything like that. Yeah. And I, I just don't personally, from what I've heard and a lot of the stories I've read about it, like I just don't like the way they structure it. Like you stand in line, and then like if you can get a seat in the big hall, you're basically encouraged to sit in there forever because if the second you leave the room, you end up having to sit in the line again. Well, yeah, like, I don't know. It just doesn't appeal to me. Um, there's a lot of Marvel stuff. We'll do that last. Um, so real quick. Uh, there was, and I know you and Boris don't do a ton of trailer, but we'll talk about this in general. Uh, the first trailer for Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves was put out. Um, and I gotta say, you're probably not old enough, but I remember the 2000, uh, D&D movie with Marlon Wayans in it. And it was a trailer. Oh, I have to say, I don't know whether I'm in the minority here, but I actually like that movie. Okay, and it was. I know tra- they followed that up with like the second dungeons. That one wasn't as fun, but like the that first was, one, they did. Yeah. I actually quite enjoyed it. Like, that was it wasn't direct- the best of movies or anything, but it's like yeah. it was. It was enjoyable. The second one was direct to video in this country. I don't think I really. Yeah. Um, so like I watched the second one wasn't like anything special, but it's. But I know. I gotta say when I I figured out what it was kind of late, you know, like in the watching the trailer, but yeah. Chris, the presence of Chris Pine gets me in the door. Like I would, oh, yeah. not, I would not even bother with this unless somebody like him was doing it. The second he shows up, I'm like, okay, this might suck, but this will at least get me, him. Him being in this will at least get me to watch it. Um, so they've succeeded as far as that goes, and it looks fun from what I from what the trailer showed. I don't want to get into it too much because I know you and Boris tend to avoid that stuff, so we will continue to do that. Um, Thank you very much. As far as the one other big non-Marvel thing I noticed, um, and this I bring up because 
of, as I said earlier, the large amount of Star Trek related stuff we do on this show. Um, there was a pan- there was a Star Trek panel where they did show they did show like the fr- I, I mean I guess it wasn't much of a trailer it was just like shots of all the people in Picard season three with some clearly new dialogue and you kind of got to see what they would look like now um, but it wasn't much obviously but it shows they're all going to be there and stuff and um, you know and all the people that we had talked about on previous episodes during the season two reviews that were off the show looked like they were not involved at all, unfortunately. Um, so I'm still curious and I still have some hope for positivity on that, but I'm, um, you know, given the, uh, well, we did talk about the fact that interactions between the enterprise crew and the La Serena crew would have been pretty interesting oh, yeah. to see on screen. Yeah. Like I'm still dying for Elnor and Worf. Like, even if, <laughs> oh yeah. Even if you can get Evan Evagor to show up for one episode of that run, just do it somehow. I don't care. Um, yeah. The big, the big thing, Trek-wise, and this might only appeal to the audiences of these particular shows, but I thought it was interesting. Um, there is going to be a crossover next season between uh, Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks. And given that one of those is animated, I was kind of curious as to how you were going to do that. And by all accounts, it will involve... And they're actually the two shows are set in different time periods too, so I I was a little weirded out by that as well. Um, but it will somehow involve Jack Quaid and Tawny Newsom playing live action versions of their characters on Strange New Worlds. Um, which which honestly, like I I'm there for it. Oh, I'm dying <laughs> to see just how they pull it off, even if it's the yeah. dumbest thing ever. Like I just want to see how they pull it off. Um. So yeah, we don't know exactly when in in the respective seasons that will be. I assume that will be a Strange New World episode next year. Um, well, I'm guessing that's probably going to be like our first real filler episode, though. Oh, probably. I don't know. Or it's like a bit <laughs> joke. Or it's like a bit joke in some larger thing. You know. Yeah, like, but um, I think, yeah. Um, I mean, I could see it being just like a total like two minute joke, and you know they just figured they. Throw throw it in for the fans or whatever. So, um, yeah, but I don't think they make such a big thing out of it if it's only like a two minute thing. So yeah. I think we're gonna get a full episode of it, and <laughs> ooh, yeah, that's that's gonna be fun. I'm, uh, I'm seven episodes into the rewatch, by the way. Or, well, it uh, didn't start yet, so yeah, the, no, the rewatch. Been... I figure we still have a few. I don't know when we were supposed to well, I, I reconvene think... for the uh, way mission stuff. I think the goal should be prop because if it if it premieres on twenty fifth, I would think the goal should be to do it like the weekend before that. Right. And put we it out. Time. Almost yeah, a month. Time. So yeah. 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 Um, I want to have them all watch before I go to Vegas anyway. So. Yeah, of course. We're we're leaving two days before that premiere, so. Um, it's gonna premiere while we're there. In fact, uh, so. And uh, that yeah, and when we do that away mission, there's gonna be a whole lot of uh, trek related news as well. Yeah, probably. Yep. Oh yeah, because we'll have the I'll have the con report down too. Exactly. Um. Yeah. So I guess that brings us to the Marvel load. Um. Okay. What I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go movies first. I can't find. I found the Wikipedia page for. Um. Phase five, but I didn't see a list that had the dates of everything next to each other. 
So I'm just going to do movies first. Um, so let's see. The phase five movie list is, so this is with the understanding that we already have, you know, She-Hulk is coming in a couple of weeks and then Black Panther hits in November, right? So that Black Panther is, I guess, officially the end of phase four. Um, so then I have the I pulled something up, so I don't know where this is. And as I told you, I have no idea what has been ca- happening at Comic Con, but I right. did pull up I did pull up uh, a list with actual dates. Oh, I have the Wikipedia page has dates on it. I'm good. Uh, so the first film of Phase Five is Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, which will release February seventeenth, twenty twenty three. That is. Still directed by Peyton Reed. Um, that we kind of know as much as we're going to. What are, what are your basic thoughts on that? I guess they put a trailer out for that, but it was only for the people in the room. So oh, really, okay. yeah, there were a couple things put out that they're only gonna they're only gonna they're gonna keep in reserve for now, um, and they were just shown to the people in attendance. Um, okay. So yeah, Quantum Mania will start off Phase Five. Um, in February of 23. And then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 will follow that May 5th, 2023. Um, which, again, James Gunn, uh, last movie with that group, according to him. Um, you know, whether that... It's at least going to be the last one that he directs. I don't think they want anything to do with him past this. Um, so, and plus he's and doing... And then it becomes a question of who else actually stays and who goes... Yeah, well, I I wonder, like, I gotta think that they'll get some of them to come back for four. I won't be everyone. Like, I think B- Batista's probably done, as he said, you know, he's getting tired of doing the workouts. He's, like, in his 50s now, so I don't think he really wants to do the workouts anymore. Um, and probably wants to do other things in movies, too, um, which I don't blame him. He's been doing that stuff for a pretty long time. Probably wants to get out of the action stuff, too. Um... And that that had some stuff released at the convention, but that was another thing where they're not letting it out to the public yet. Uh, Gunn actually said that he wasn't... They wanted to have something to show people, but he wasn't super happy with a, where a lot of the effects were in the mm. stuff that they showed, so he didn't he didn't want it out for like mass consumption yet because they want to fix a lot of that. Um, yeah. So then after Guardians 3, we have the Marvels, which we sort of touched on after we did the Miss Marvel review. That will release July 28th, 2023, um, directed by Neil. The list that I have actually also encompasses the TV shows, and it actually has Secret Invasion hitting screen. Yeah, if you want to throw the TV shows in where they were, that's fine, because I don't have the... I, I mean, I have dates for those, they're just on a separate list. Um, okay, yeah, I have them all on the same thing. So basically, Secret Invasion was supposed to hit on the spring of 2023. Okay, yeah. Be... I think, like, that was my biggest... I didn't bring this up when we were doing the Miss Marvel podcast, but that was yep. my big question was whether we're going to get to see Secret Invasion before the Marvels, which yep. to me made sense to release it before. Oh, yeah, just I think because that was... I'm guessing we're going to see part of what happens with Kamala Khan and... Danvers and everything else in Secret Invasion. So Secret Invasion was another one of those things that they had footage for the people there. Um, yeah, and I think that was the last. Uh, Ant Man did that, and Guardians. then also before before uh, the Marvels, 
Uh, I have Echo coming summer 2023. Uh, Daredevil. Um, uh, basically a Daredevil show. Um, um, yeah, basically. Okay. Uh, I don't know why I didn't call it Daredevil and put Echo well, in it. We'll, get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. There's reason for that. Um, the next film is Blade. Uh, November 3rd, 2023. Oh, so I have Loki season two coming before Blade. Okay, that is probably true. Like I said, separate list for TV. Um, yeah, yeah. Same yeah. list here. So. so Okay. So then after that, we have uh, Captain America New World Order. Oh, before that comes out, we have Ironheart. And we got Agatha. Uh, okay. Ironheart is supposed to be fall, and Agatha is supposed to be winter 2023. Oh, they they changed that name. The change they changed the name of that show. By the way, it was. Well, what I got here is Agatha Co- Coven of Chaos. Coven of Chaos. Yeah. Yeah. The, the original title was Agatha House of Harkness, which they have changed it. Yeah. Apparently changed it to yeah. Coven of oh, Chaos. Coven um, of Chaos is what I got. So Captain America: New World Order, May 3rd, 2024. Uh, direct. Oh, the Blade movie is directed by someone named Bassam Tariq, um, who I've never heard of. Uh, Captain America: New World Order, May third, twenty twenty four. Directed by Julius Ona. Um, I assume this is the movie they were plugging at the end of uh, Falcon Winter Soldier with Sam as Cap, and I'm betting yep. Bucky also. I'm betting Bucky also shows up here. Um, oh yeah, I, I think that's a good. Um, and then the final movie of Phase Five, and we will well, get it. before the final movie of Phase Five. I have Daredevil: Born Again on Spring oh, 2024. Yeah. Oh yes. Uh, did you hear the particulars of this? I have not. Eighteen episode season. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. eighteen episode season with Charlie Cox. Bring it. Nice. Bring oh, I'm there for it. Oh yeah. I still think that you know Punisher and Daredevil are two best things Netflix Netflix put out in yeah. my opinion. So I like Jessica anything Jones. More. I like well, no, Jones. I I like everything except uh, Iron Fist. Yeah. But, like it's Daredevil followed by Punisher for me. Oh yeah. I think you're you're right in that. I think most people would go with that. And the final movie of phase five, July twenty sixth, twenty twenty four, is the Thunderbolts. Is the Thunderbolts. Um, I'll be curious to see what version of that they do. Um, I don't know if the original version where a bunch of villains pretending to be heroes, uh, will work. Um, they could do that. It was led by Zemo. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, they already established Zemo as a character, so. I'm going to see if we have any. I wouldn't be surprised if Zemo actually made an appearance in, uh, Captain America at some point. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he showed up there. Um. And there is a little bit of Phase 6 stuff as well. I'm going to hit go to a separate page for that. Um, not a lot here. I think there's going to be other things they're going to add. Uh, three, three Phase 6 films were given dates. Uh, November 8th, 2024, for Fantastic Four, finally. Um, uh, May 2nd, 2025, for Avengers The Kang Dynasty. I guess I had that order wrong. And, uh, okay. and November 7th, 2025, for Avengers Secret Wars. So, no idea what these things are going to be. 
just because it's way too far out for that. Um, but I gotta say, I'm uh, the fact that they're giving you know the biggest complaint I've heard about the current stuff is that it seems to be direct directionless and weird and whatever. And like now it seems now like, we got a direction. Now it seems like we know what the idea is for all this. So yeah, and it seems like Kang the Conqueror is going to be the big villain. Um, which you know I need to see more of Jonathan Majors in that role than we've seen already because. As much as I liked what he did in Loki, it just showed me that he was able to give a long speech because that's really all he did. I'm, I'm uh, guessing between uh, Ant-Man three and uh, Loki season two, we're gonna get a lot more of him. Yep. And he's probably gonna be. I wouldn't be surprised if you see him in any like post-credit scenes or stuff like that. Oh yeah. And I think they probably try start dropping like ideas that he's the big villain behind everything that's going to be happening in uh, in the movies coming out in Phase it's 5. It's also, it seems likely to me that you're going to see multiple versions of him based on what they've said. Probably, yeah. Well, I mean, and that would fit with the comics, too. There have been multiple versions of Kang over the years, too. So, um, as far as DC, they did put out the first trailer for um, Shazam! Fury of the Gods, which... I saw was super excited Which about. I'm, I'm all there for it. Like, Shazam yeah. was one of my favorite. Uh, I'm generally, like, more of a DC guy than I am a Marvel guy. So yep. I'm generally always going to like their stuff more. But I got to say, like, Shazam was really, really surprising. It came yeah. out of nowhere, and it's like... I was shocked. It was really good. One as well. Um, we actually went... Uh, Fandango had early screenings for it like we saw it like two weeks before the regular release and i absolutely loved it and they didn't you know it wasn't like the kind of thing like they had you signing ndas or and they wanted you to tell people how good it was you know um and i was telling everybody that i could find who i knew was into those kind of movies like no this is awesome go you know like and i think it obviously did well enough that they're doing another one um I think there was some stuff for Black Adam there, but I don't know if they've shown any. If they showed anything that we haven't seen already. Uh, apparently, he did. Wayne Johnson did show up in the costume there, which you know Hiddleston's done that before, but I do think that's kind of yeah. cool. Um, yeah. The, other than the Marvel stuff, like there wasn't a ton of a ton of big movie stuff put out there for this. Uh, usually, well, I think I think when you look at like general state of the movie industry like there's no like you know you you had like summer blockbusters and stuff like that it's like i look at my i was looking at my uh cinema schedule and it's like there's literally nothing that i want to see in movie theaters at the moment there's one other thing because like, I, I know they released something for it like it almost seems like the whole movie industry is like basically just superhero movies and whatever disney puts out yep i'm up for bullet train uh oh same yeah yeah. Oh, they, oh, that was the other big thing. Um, John Wick 4 has a date. Now, uh, the first trailer... I saw for- something that... Yeah, I saw the tra- drop the trailer for it. 2023. Which is going to put that near Dungeons & Dragons, probably. Um, so we'll see. Because uh, I think that's also March... 2023 so we'll see what um how close those are to each other probably not the same audience or it's at least to some degree 
probably. Yeah, but I think it's one of those where, like, when you look at it, like, you know, I'm okay with two bigger movies playing at the same time because oh, yeah. they're both going to draw a crowd. Oh, I think, like, a... even from financial standpoint, that's a solid move. Yeah, because, I mean, they... Even if they don't drop on the same week, but, like, you know, yeah. a week or two from each other, it's still, like, you know... You know, the general logic is that R-rated movies have different audiences than non-R-rated movies. We'll see if that holds up. Um, so, yeah, a lot of... Uh... I think you're right, though, that the the movie industry as a whole is still trying to figure out what they're going, what they're doing as a result of all the pandemic crap. So uh, maybe they're a little more conservative with their uh, promoting their releases and stuff right now. Um, we did, you know, uh, Nope was the number one movie this this weekend. Um, I think it yeah, finished... and Top Gun is still like top four. So it's yeah. like <laughs> I think it finished with uh, 44 million in the U.S. This weekend, which is, you know, that's a solid opening, and it's probably the best. I think I read somewhere it's the best non-like sequel or whatever uh, opening since theaters reopened, basically, um, or non-franchise-related thing. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's close to his best openings. I think Get Out was like, or either Get Out or Us was like seventy million. I don't remember which one it was. Huh. So, I mean, there's another good, solid opening for him, but, you know, and I'll see it when it hits home video and whatever. I'm not really a horror guy, so I just kind of... I didn't see any of his movies, so it's like, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not going to go see Nope. So yeah, Get Out was Get Out was fun. I didn't like Us that much, um, and I'm I'm curious about this one. It looks more like an alien invasion movie than, like, his typical, horror. like, monster yeah. thing. Um so, yeah, I'm curious, but I'll wait for home release on that. It'll probably be two or three months from now. So I'm perfectly fine waiting on that. Um, we are going to go to Bullet Train, um, not this weekend coming up, but the weekend after. And it was actually my wife's idea. I was going to go anyway, but she saw the trailer, or she saw one of the ads for it on TV. and was like, oh, that looks fun. We should go. I was just like, really? You want to go to that? Okay. <laughs> um, I was going to go see it anyway. Yeah, yeah I'm like, gonna I, definitely gonna see Bullet Train. And I was like, I was gonna go uh, anyway. If you wanna come, that's great. But uh, yeah, Brad so. Pitt still has that draw for me for most. Things. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, which brings us to our main event of the evening. Um, a double review of the Man from Toronto and the Gray Man. Uh, I'm gonna suggest we do the Man from Toronto first because it's gonna be a much shorter discussion. I think. Um. Yeah, much, much shorter. Um, I will let you go first, because I'm going to be brutal. Well, I have... I would like to almost go on and say I almost have nothing positive to say about this movie. Which is a rarity for you, by the way. I have... Again, going into it, like... I wasn't like... Kevin Hart was like, eh, mate, it's Kevin Hart. I'm going to... You know, I already know what his character is going to be like. Uh, the main draw for this uh, movie for me was Woody. I wanted to see what he's going to be up to. So I was like, but when the movie started, it's like, sure, Kevin's funny, like, per usual. And then Woody, sh- and it's like, you called it uh, cheap knockout of uh, central intelligence or something along those lines. Yeah. It's well, like, I'll get into that. Movie, this movie did absolutely nothing. Uh, to draw me in or keep me interesting, you know, interested enough to actually finish the movie. The main reason why I finished this movie is basically Woody and the fact that I don't like 
to not finish stuff, especially on Netflix, because it's always like the continue watching thing stays there. I hate seeing that. Oh, yeah. I was like, I started watching it, so I'm gonna finish it. Mm-hmm. But it's like I, this movie was as blah as it gets. Like, yep. um, yeah, nothing spectacular about it. Nothing stands out about it. But it's like I watched it. It wasn't the worst movie I ever seen, but definitely the worst movie I saw this year. It was my worst movie of the year. It's not close. Uh, Moonfall was my, Moonfall was my worst prior to now. Uh, which I actually liked. Moonfall is on my top ten uh, list yeah. of the year. Which I love Moonfall. I actually liked. I just liked a lot of things more. <laughs> um, oh yeah, yeah, I get it. So, but uh, Moonfall yeah. was my my. That was my. I love Moonfall, man. Yeah, that was my kind of movie. We'll get into that when we do top ten of the year for twenty. Oh yeah, we're going to do again. I think that's going to be a yearly thing for us. Um, yeah, this yeah, was... I already started putting together, like, I put my list now. No more last-minute stuff. Oh, yeah, we're not going to spring last-minute on you again. Uh, you still get you still get the 2020, the 2021 MVP award for that. Um, so, uh, this was... And I'm, actually, I'm actually retroactively more disappointed in this movie now than I was, because I watched it on Thursday, because uh, I knew we were going to do this. Um... Actually, more disappointed in this movie now than I was after initially watching it because I went and looked up the director. I had no clue who the director was, a Mr. Patrick Hughes. I was just like, okay, what else did this guy do? Like, what made Netflix think he could do this? And this movie was fucking awful. Um, then I looked up his IMDb page and found that he did um, two hit his bodyguard movies, which I actually like those. And like, those are funny. And, like, this was a limp-wristed piece of shit. And I was just like, why, like, what What did this guy miss out on that, like, this is so bad? Like, this was unquestionably my worst movie of the year. Uh, this, this was like, they took a script for Central Intelligence 2, said, oh, The Rock's not going to do this one, so I guess we have to come up with something else. Uh slotted in Woody Harrelson and then took out everything funny or remotely appealing from the first movie and just gave you this complete pile of garbage that I was I was just like I wanted to shut it off about a half an hour in but then I was just like no we're gonna review it I gotta finish it at least and I was just like oh my god so bad like it was an hour and 50 minutes and I laughed maybe once uh the the uh Toward the end, the uh, the human tempura joke, um, yeah, and that whole thing about you just made me boil a white woman. Like, I actually laughed at that, and that, and that was literally yeah, like that, that was funny. That was like an hour and forty five minutes in. I'm like, why yeah. am I not laughing? Oh my god! Um, yeah, now that you bring it up, I think having Rock do it, like at least you have the chemistry between Rock and Kevin that yeah. basically makes all their stuff works. Yeah, but it's like the second like a, the second you replace one of them with somebody else, it's yeah. not the same. I just wonder if like they didn't he and Harrelson didn't get along or like Harrelson decided to play it in in a way that was just really off putting. Because I mean Woody was even bold. So it's like I think that's like the biggest you know hint you need that like this was supposed to be Rock's role. Yeah, he seemed bored. I'll I'll give him that. Um so basically, we'll run through the plot real quick. I don't want to give this this piece of garbage too much time. Um, 
basically, you know, the same thing that Kevin Hart does in every movie, like you said, outside of Fatherhood and The Upside, which are two somewhat serious films of his that I actually like. But every one of his comedies, he does the same fucking thing, where he's the same put-upon fucking schmuck who, like, you know, in, in this in this one, it's, uh, he works for a gym, and he's, like, in their promotion department or something, and he's a complete schmuck. Like, he just comes up with shitty idea after shitty idea after shitty idea. Um, and he has, like, the super hot wife where he's completely outkicking his coverage, and it's like, why would this woman even put up with this guy? Like, I don't get this at all. Um, uh, and they, it's one of those giant plot holes that makes no sense whatsoever. The, the movie even calls out how much of a fucking schmuck he is. Because, like, they have that term for, like, his name is, like, Teddy Jackson. And they have yeah. this term for, like, when you do something wrong, you're teddying it. And it's like, don't tell me how much of a fucking loser he is. And then just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. You know, like, it's bad enough that he doesn't seem to pl- be able to play outside of this character of, like, every comedic character I do has to be a total fucking loser. But then, you know, to actually have the movie call it out is like the dumbest thing you yep. could possibly do. Um, so then he's taking his wife for like a birthday thing and he's supposed to be going, they're going up to like, and this was supposed to be funny too. Like the town in Virginia was on a cock Virginia. And like, yep. supposedly that was supposed to be funny. I never laughed once. I was just like, okay, that's I mean, pretty. He, at that point you were just like, well, 15 minutes into a movie, and it was like, he already lost me at that point. It wasn't funny at all. I was just like, that's pretty obvious. Is that just going to be so you can make a bunch of dick jokes? Like, yay. Um, yeah. So uh, he go. he's supposed to be going and, like, renting a cabin, and he goes to the wrong cabin. And, he walks- and it's like, even that whole premise of the printer ran out of toner, it's like, it's 2022, man. Like, you have oh, your yeah. QR code reservation on your phone. Like, why are you printing it? Yep. Yeah, there's this whole thing about, there's a whole thing about, like, he prints out directions to a cabin, and because the printer he was using had, was running out of toner, the print looks like shit, so he can't really read it. So he ends up at the wrong cabin, where he walks in on what I believe was an interrogation. Um, well, the interrogation was waiting for him, basically. Right, was waiting for the police to interrogate somebody. Yeah. Yep, my home phone is ringing. Just give me a second. There we go. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he basically, it's like, the whole thing is like a mistaken identity thing, where, like, he goes, he accidentally goes into this interrogation, and they think he's the Woody Harrelson character, who is like a, it wasn't really clear to me what the Woody Harrelson character was. Was he like a hitman or a torturer or something? Like... You don't see him. I actually, think all of the above. Yeah, you don't actually see him kill anybody. He just interrogates a couple people. Yeah, and um, then later on you find out he actually doesn't. He like he has a reputation, and that's about it. Like he yeah. actually never heard a fly. Right. I mean, like yeah, later on he does he kill a bunch of people, but it's like when he when he's interrogating people, he's basically like he just scares them into telling the truth right, before he even does anything. Yeah, which yeah. I did think was kind of. That that made me smile at least. Like, okay, he's not a total ass. Um, but then basically they end up the two of them end up running into each other, and because these people that he's supposed to be dealing with, I believe they're trying to steal like some sort of like seismic weapon 
from somebody. Um, yeah. Something that's supposed to generate earthquakes or whatever. Um, that they end up having to work together because people that he's trying to make a deal with believe that he is Kevin Hart. So Kevin Hart has to go and like do the deal for him. And it's just a bunch of like awkward, shitty humor between them where it's like, it's not funny because I almost wonder if like, if you had made this, you had made this movie 10 years ago or 15 years ago, would have, would it have worked better? Because I feel like this was supposed to be more, not that, not that the Harrelson character was supposed to be like outright racist or anything, but I feel like this was this kind of was kind of felt like they were trying to lean more like the forty eight hours direction of like, hey, look at you, stupid white guy, what the fuck, you know? And then like, because they can't do that now because people will just freak oh. out with those kind of jokes. I feel like they had no idea how they wanted to play this one comedically, and it just falls flat everywhere, like. I don't know. I just yeah, like, it goes I, back to the, had this been rock, like they're you know yeah. they can play off of each other, but it's like obviously Kevin and Woody don't have that kind of synergy between them to actually pull it yeah. off. To and where can just, actually take something that's basically tanking and then play off their relationship to actually make it better or make it work at least. Yep, Harrelson just seemed very disinterested. Um. You know, and actually, uh, what's her face? Uh, Kaylee Cuoco puts in a bit role here, and the only the only times he seemed to be interested was when she was on screen. I'm wondering if he thought maybe he would get to bang her, because um, otherwise, I was just like, he doesn't. Look like, he he's phoning it in pretty severely right here. Like, I I'm not even yep. sure why why he even agreed to show up for this. Um, yeah, so it was just. I think, the script, I think what he was expecting out of it and the script that he got were not the same thing. Yeah. He probably already signed the contract. He was getting paid. So he's like, eh, might as well do it. Yeah. And I, want, I don't know if this is one of those movies that Netflix made or if they bought from somebody else. Or um, I bet it seems like they pay pretty well, or at least they were before the stock crash. Um, so maybe he just wanted the money for this one. But it just, it was just, you know, every. Everything in it that was supposed to be funny, I was just like, oh, they did this better in Central Intelligence. Like, every yeah. every single joke or every single moment between them that was supposed to be funny, I was like, this was done better in Central Intelligence. Like, every single one. Um, you know, the one thing I will give it is that some of the, uh, the action was pretty well staged. Uh, the action scenes were pretty well done. Uh, beyond that, though, I was pretty bored. Um, so, and I really only stuck it out because we were going to review this. Um, so, well, like I stuck through it because I didn't want to continue watching thing on my Netflix queue. Yeah, I'm I'm like that too. If I start something, I gotta finish it. Um, and it was like, you know, yeah, I I started. I'm gonna go see it through. So it just, but there's, I mean, there's no sense here. Everything yeah. just feels like it's lacking. Like, I don't say this often enough just because, you know, I don't generally walk out of a movie. Like, if I put in the time, I'm going to pretty much enjoy it. But it's like this movie, like like 15 minutes in, it lost me. And I was like, I started it, so I'm going to finish. Maybe, maybe it pulls itself together. But it never really does. And it's like almost everything that happens on screen, it's like by the time that it actually, you know, just 
they lost me at some point and it was just like nope i didn't care enough so like even if they did put it pull it all together towards the end it's like i didn't really care yeah given your actually the funny thing is given that given like you said the way you usually approach most things for review purposes i was expecting to be absolutely fucking brutal about this movie and to have you defending it <laughs> so i, I yeah really... i have nothing like when you know knowing me and knowing that i walk into movies without watching the trailers without pretty much knowing anything about them it's like i can always find like silver lining like there's something about it that i like but i have nothing about this movie it's like i thought yeah. woody may pull it off for me at some point but it's like like 15 minutes in i was like meh uh, whatever like i don't even care well he also oh, does, harrelson doesn't even do that much anymore and when i heard he was doing this i was interested because like okay what would actually get him to do this and then yeah it was always the paycheck it was just the same old shit that kevin hart always does like he must have an audience for it because how many of these fucking movies has he made by now but like the same that was my biggest problem with it. It wasn't even Woody. It was like he just does the same thing in every fucking every fucking. Oh, no, like basically, Kevin Hart is a giant copy paste machine. Like he's basically the same every movie that he does. Like you can take any one of his characters from any one of his movies and put it in another movie that he's doing, and it's like it's the same thing. You're not losing anything. Yep. So I guess like you know if he had an audience for it, like great. Like, I got to a point where it's like, you know, the most of his stuff that I watched, I watched because of The Rock. And yeah. It's really their synergy, Ron and Kevin working together, and like, whatever the hell they have together, it works to where you can put him in a movie, and it's like, okay, like, I get it. Like, they play off of each other, and they really do make each other better, but it's like Kevin Hart on its own. I just don't see it. It's yeah, like, it's, it's not there for me. At this point, I will only watch his stand-up by himself or um, any movie that he does, uh, any, like, serious movie that he does. You know? Yeah, because for, like, dramatic roles, like, he's great. Yeah. Like, I don't know why he doesn't do more dramatic roles, because, like, dramatic really roles enjoyed, he can pull off. I really enjoyed The Upside. That, that French remake he did with Cranston was great, um, and he was great in that. And I really enjoyed that fatherhood thing he did for Netflix. I think it was last year, um, which was excellent. I believe that made Justin's top ten. Um, and it was right out. So I believe so. And it was right outside of mine too. Um, so yeah, he does have you know he does have some ability in the with the right people. He's funny in comedic movies. It's just every movie he does the same thing like the character is a giant loser and he has to like figure out some way to improve himself like i don't care just do something else yeah like, it's almost like even the writers themselves like oh it's kevin hard like just take his character uh from another movie and just put in this one yeah yep and it's okay. like you know, he obviously has the range for it so it's like why yeah. not give him something more like he's basically thrown into a box it's yeah. like that's all he does but the funny but, thing yeah. is like you know how netflix puts out those top the the top 10 list i don't know how often they update that and i don't know if yeah. they do that where you are or not but they do 
that movie, as shitty as it was, was solidly in their top ten at the time that I watched it. So, like, he must have an audience for that stuff. Um, well, that's the only explanation why he keeps getting money to make these movies. Like, well, that's why they that's why they keep giving Sandler money to make garbage because you know the the stuff he makes for Netflix does really well, even though it's other than Hustle, it's crap. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's his. Like, yeah. That's as much time as I want to give this pile of shit. Um, I would say, Same. I would say, unless you really, really like Kevin Hart or Woody Harrelson, strenuously avoid this thing. Um, and even if you really, really like them, like just I don't know. I, yeah, I wouldn't even do say something strong and don't. <laughs> I wouldn't even say there's like a part of this you could watch because it's tolerable. Um, Thank you. I mean, I phased out 15 minutes in, and I think, like, for anybody who's a regular listener to this, like, it's hard to phase me out of anything 15 minutes in, just because, like, I'm enough open-minded to actually care about what I'm watching. But, like, 15 minutes in, I was gone. This movie yeah, lost me. For you, for you, that's a rarity. That This might be B-team history that you're checked out that quickly. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think so. I think this is the first time. Yeah. Okay, so... uh Worst movie of the year for both of us. Avoid, yep. avoid at all costs. Avoid. Uh, yeah. Okay. Which brings us to um. And the no hope. He who enter here. The, the far better alternative. Um, oh Rain, yeah, far better. Which was also released by Netflix. I don't remember exactly when the what the release date for the Man from Toronto was. I think it's been on there for a while. Uh, the Gray Man came out on this past Friday. Um, I believe I watched it on Friday. Might have been Saturday. Um, but this is the, the giant uh, espionage film done by the Russo brothers. Apparently, I'm going to see if I can find the budget somewhere because uh, it was apparently the biggest, the biggest it's budget that Netflix. Two hundred million plus. I'd be more than that. Hold on, let's see. And I think uh, the previous uh, biggest budget for a Netflix movie was the Red Notice. Either that or and this one tops it. Head. I think uh, I think Red Notice. Because by the time uh, Rock was promoting that one, it was clearly like they said it was the most expensive thing yeah. Netflix ever did. Uh, I'm seeing 200. So yep. that's, yeah. So this was, um, as I said earlier, Stars has a pretty big, pretty big, uh, pretty bunch of name, name people cast wise. It was, uh, let's see, Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans. Um, Billy Bob Thornton, uh, was it Jessica Henwick? Yep. I, I could not identify her for the entire fucking movie. And she really? showed up, she showed up, a, but she showed up, I was like, yeah, she's in it. Here's my thing, I fucking hated Iron Fist. And that's the only yeah, other Yeah, but for me, I, she's the only, like, silver lining to Iron Fist was Jessica. Yeah. Like, that's, I had to love her. That's the only thing, you know, that's the only thing I've ever seen her in. I guess she was in Game of Thrones, too. She was one of the... Yeah, she was one of those three sisters or whatever it was, yeah. But, um, yeah, and I mean, I, I knew it was somebody I recognized, but I kept going through my head like... Anna, Anna de Armas was in it as well. Anna de Armas, she was great. Like, yeah. that that was what her Bond role should have been. Um, I was like, I was about to say, for like anybody who wanted to watch the like, latest Bond and wanted more of her, like, this is, this yeah. is more of her in that role, yep, basically. It's essentially, it's essentially the same... Same kind of role, maybe a little less jokey than the Bond role was. Um, yeah. 
And uh, Regé Jean Page was in this, that guy from Bridgerton that everybody loves. Yep. Yep. This is probably the first thing I've ever seen him in, other than that one episode of Silent Live he did last year, I think. I didn't watch Bridgerton, so... like. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm not watching that. Unless my wife wants to, I'm not watching that. Um, <laughs> even, then, even then, I'll probably find some way to sort of half-watch it or, or whatever. Um, and I thought I thought. I thought I was cooked on that because it's it's done by the same woman who did Grey's Anatomy, so I figured she'd be all over it. And so far, she hasn't expressed any interest, so I'm not really worried about it. And uh, Alfred Woodard was in, was in it as well. So yes, small role. Has some uh, certain Star Trek uh, ties as well. Oh yeah, uh, Lily Sloan from First Contact. Yeah. Um, exactly. Yeah, she she's also very good in it. Small role as it is. Um, Yep. So this is, I guess, based on a book by Mark Graney, um, who I know a little bit, I guess, and he does write these kind of like espionage you know, black ops kind of books. Um, he's one of the, the stable of like three or four authors that took over writing a lot of the Tom Clancy stuff after Clancy died. Um, oh, okay. So his name shows up on some of those, and I still read a lot of those, even though Clancy hasn't written them in years, obviously. Um so I was a little, you know, and I didn't see that. I mean, I don't think his name shows up until the end credits, but I did perk up a little bit when I noticed that. Um, so basically this is, um, plot-wise, I'm going to go really high level here because we can get into all the twists and turns and all that crap too, yep. but it hasn't actually been out that long, and I don't want to spoil too much for people. Um, so this is about, you know, a... Uh, essentially a black ops government program where you know the CIA is taking people out of out of prison sentences and turning them into operatives essentially and uh Gosling plays a guy who at the beginning it's like a flashback to I want to say like 1995 more in that range um where he's in prison in Florida for reasons that you don't really know at that point you you're basically given that he killed somebody but you're not there's nothing past that really um and then billy bob thornton shows up to get him out of prison says you're gonna go work for me and do whatever i don't i don't know i don't remember how specific he gets um but it basically jumps forward after that about 18 years and you, you're given the impression that he's been doing black ops work for the last 18 years for the cia so um he kills somebody that he's tasked to kill by them and uh turns out the guy that he was sent to kill is another person who had been in the same program that he is and he's given uh like a little thumb drive with some information on it and told by this guy who used to be also used to be in this program with him don't trust anybody don't tell anybody that you have this just get this to whoever you need to get it to um so then he uh he's still in contact with Billy Bob Thornton who's not in charge of the of the the CIA department anymore it's basically been taken over by the Regé Jean Page guy who is kind of an asshole um and then uh the Jessica Henwick person works for him um and then uh Gosling refuses refuses to give them the information that he has on this drive so they sick uh, an outside operator on him, played by Chris Evans, um, who is fucking great in this movie, by the way. 
I loved every single thing. I loved every single thing he does in this movie. Like some of it is a, some of it's over the top and and kind of cheeseball for an action movie and whatever. But I just fucking loved it. But he still makes it work. Yep. Like you did say when we talked about this before we started uh, recording, you did say like you kind of expected uh, Chris Evans to be the good guy while Gosling plays the bad guy. But the way they play this off, just. Chris Evans is a perfect bad guy in this movie. Well, I kind of did your thing unintentionally for both of these movies. Like, I didn't, you know, I knew they existed, but I didn't bother watching trailers or whatever. It wasn't, you know, yeah. like, in your case and in Boris's case, it's a it's a desire to avoid them. In my case, it was just like, Netflix, Netflix puts out so much shit, I can't keep it all straight, so I'm just not even going to bother. And then... Uh, when I saw they were out, I was like, and I knew the gray when the gray man was coming because there were TV ads for it over the place. So I I was seeing those, but I w- I never sat down and watched a full trailer for this movie. So I literally had no idea what anything was, and I thought going into it that Gosling was going to be the 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 psycho guy, and that Evans was going to be the good guy. And Corey watched it with me, and she knew even less, and she was just like, oh, I know you're. You're watching this for your podcast. It looks kind of fun, so I'll sit here and watch this with you. And maybe 20 minutes into when Evan shows up, she turns to me at one point and goes, he must be having so much fun playing this role after all the Captain America shit. Where like, oh, he yeah. Had, where he had to do the complete opposite of this all the time. Like, he must be having so much fun right now playing the asshole. Um, so then you find he's trying to get... Um, so basically after uh, the first thing Evans does when he gets called in, take this guy out and you never find out the Ryan Gosling's character's name. They have, they have them basically designated by well, he's basically Sierra six the whole time. Yeah. He's, he's basically, yeah. Sierra is the name of the program. So yeah. they're basically, basically just giving called, numbers. Yes. He's basically called six the entire movie. You never find out what his actual name was. Um, well, you also find out that basically nobody knows his, name because his whole record was expunged. Right. Basically, there's no traces of him anywhere. Right. And then uh, so the first thing that Evans does is he goes after Billy Bob Thornton um, to try to figure out where the, where the Gosling character would go and what he would do in this situation. So he takes, uh, he takes Billy Bob Thornton and his niece, I think, niece, yes. hostage. Who yep, niece. He's basically raising the niece because the parents are dead. Um, and at one point, I think there was a flashback to a couple of years previously where he had asked Six to watch the kid for him when he was going out of town somewhere. And somebody yeah, was- I think some, it turns out that somebody leaked his address. Yeah. In China somewhere or something. So basically there was a possibility that somebody was going to go after niece. So he had Six uh, keep an eye on her. Yep, and so because she was recovering from uh, heart surgery, she had yeah, she a peacemaker put, put in. Yep. Um, so then, the Billy Bob Thornton and the niece are kidnapped by Evans, and so not only is is the Gosling character trying to get this drive to somebody who can make use of it, um, and you basically find out that it's you know, and this is. This is the one thing where I kind of knocked this movie. I really did. I really did like a lot of this. Like I'm a huge fan of Gosling and Evans in general. Um, 
I really like, and you know, the Russo brothers haven't done a ton of big movies. I mean, they've basically done the the four Marvel movies, which are all huge, and um, a bunch of TV. So, like, this is the first thing they've done outside of Marvel that I've actually paid attention to. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of how they do action, like, where they can do stuff for real, they're going to. Um, and I generally enjoy that in these types of movies. Like, obviously, there's things in the two Avengers movies they did where that wouldn't make sense. Like, you need CGI and all that other stuff, but if you... If this is that kind of movie where you don't need that, and you're and you're not going to uh, not going to use that to save money, then go ahead, spend whatever you want to. <laughs> um, hey, you know. as long as Netflix gave him a blank check and was like, "Hey, <laughs> yeah," and I mean, I there's oh, some man. there's some great action in here too. I mean, I I absolutely loved a lot of the action that was in here. Um, so. Then you have uh, Gosling trying to find Billy Bob Thornton and the niece, where while Evans is also trying to trying to find him and get the drive thing, Ana de Armas is kind of Gosling's handler or his partner or something, and she just sort of she gets kind of dragged into it because she gets you know when he kind of goes rogue, she gets pulled in like she had something to do with it, and she's. She's not really concerned about him. She's concerned about what the effects on her career will be. Um, so, you know, but she does a pretty solid job here. Like I said, this is the, to me, the next logical extension of her Bond role is something like this, where she actually gets to do a little Yeah, more. this felt like, you know, this was her yeah. Bond role, but just like expanded upon Yep, like this is, I mean, I enjoyed her Bond role, and I wish she'd been in No Time to Die more than she was. But in reality, all that was was, you know, like to me, this, to me that shows, and maybe I said this when we did No Time to Die, maybe I didn't, I honestly don't remember. Um, that shows to me what the people behind the Bond movies think the role of women in those in those kind of movies is. Like, as good as she is in this and in like Knives Out and stuff, which got her the Bond role because um, she'd worked with Craig in Knives Out. Um, she was basically in No Time to Die for like five minutes to look fucking awesome in a dress and kick some ass. And that's all it was. Uh, and I, I would have liked that. And I did enjoy that movie, but I would have liked it way more if she was in half of it kind of following him around. Um, but, you know, this... Her role in this is way better, and she does pretty much the same kind of same level of action stuff in here. Um, so then um, he's trying to get to uh, Billy Bob and the niece, and they're holed up in a castle in Croatia. And this is what I wanted to ask you, and this is why I was happy I was doing this show with you. Actually, is that I was waiting for it. Is that and and Corey wanted me to make sure I asked you this. Is that castle in Croatia a real place? As far as I know, no. But I could be wrong. Okay. Because my my mind immediately was like, the what? The where? Are there, are Croatia? There Croatia? We have castles in Croatia. We definitely have castles in Croatia. Something that magnitude? No. And but here's the uh, authentic part of it. When they're driving into the castle, the car that they're driving in, they actually keep the 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 license plate is accurate, 
but okay. it's wrong but it's wrong place oh okay. it's a croatian plate but it's definitely the wrong plate based on where the castle is supposed to be located oh. i think part of it as far as the castle itself i'm not sure it's in croatia man because i didn't i i was like mm, i should google it but then i forget what the name of the castle was so I'm i never go, get around to googling it i think i'm gonna go back but, and google it um maybe not right now but it, it's on my brain to do that because i was curious about that too uh yeah we we were watching it and uh and and Corey's thought process was hysterical like i didn't even i didn't even think of it really and then she's turned she was like pause it i said okay and i went i looked okay so went, the the Zburka castle in croatia is actually the chateau the chantilly in france so like oh, i said okay. the castle the castle because the location of the castle i was like that doesn't fit. That, that's why I was like, I should Google it at some point. But I was like, I forgot by the time the movie ended. Yeah. And then I forgot the name of the castle. Uh, but my thought process was like, we have castles, but nothing that fancy and nothing in that location. The location okay. felt wrong to me. So I was like, I don't think yeah. this is in Croatia. But like I said, the whole license plate when driving in and stuff, that's authentic Croatian. So I was like, at least... Yes. They tried, like it wasn't just, you know, Croatia and then it wasn't, but it's like the little details were there. Nice. Uh, yeah, Corey's thought process was hysterical. We're watching that and they throw the text up for the castle and she goes, she turns to me and goes, pause it for a second. And so I hit the button on my PS4 controller and I said, okay. I said, what? She goes, wait, you have Croatian friends, right? I said, yeah. She goes, and you're going to do your podcast on this movie with one of those guys, right? I said, yeah. She goes, ask him if the, the castle in Croatia is real or not. I said, oh, shit, I can do that, can I? Oh, cool. Um, yeah, that, that was my. I was like, if Boris was here, he would be like, oh, that castle is not really there. But here's the thing with most of our castles, like, they're really, you know, I mean, of course, they're all castles, duh. But nothing is that fancy, and most of them are not. The ones that are preserved, there's a bunch of preserved ones. Like, they're nothing, like, that fancy or open. Like, most of ours are mm. were built for protection mostly, so they have big walls and stuff like that. So this one was, like, way too open uh, for a Croatian yeah. castle. Nice. Ours were, like, the fort fortresses, basically. Actual authenticity, everyone. Well done, sir. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so, I mean... So this whole thing ends up like, you know, there's a whole shootout over the niece and stuff, and uh, Billy Bob ends up buying it, because when they're when in, in the shootout in the castle, he basically suicides himself to give them time to get away and whatever. Um, and just a lot of fun stuff between him and Evans, and and I, I really enjoyed this. Like, And I was looking for reasons not to, like, just because I figured, you know, every article I read was about, like, Oh, this movie has a huge budget and it kind of sucks, and it's gonna, you know, it's gonna put Netflix further in the hole, whatever. And it's like, okay, you know, I, I tried to not think about that stuff too much going in, um, but I actually did really enjoy this. Like, it's probably overly simple for an action movie, like, I or not the movie itself, but like my approach to action movies a lot of time is like, as long as I'm entertained by it, I don't really give a shit. Like, yeah, I think that's the point of action movies. Like, if you can keep me entertained, like, blow stuff up, I'm there for yeah. it. Yep. Um, it's really that simple with action movies. I like thought anything, any any deeper plot weaving that you can do, I'm all for it. Yeah. So like, 
like when you strip it down, an action movie is supposed to be entertaining and you're supposed to have a whole lot of explosions. And they deliver yep. on that part. And I got to say, like, even, you know, and because I didn't watch, I didn't look for any of the promotion for this one. Like, I was, there were a couple things where I was legitimately surprised by it. Like, when you, and I don't know, I would assume Netflix works the same, Netflix streaming works the same way for you over there. But, like, when you first hover over something, it, like, starts to play, like, clips from it over the, like, superimposed over the screen and whatever. And I the, disabled that. Okay, yours doesn't do that because you shut it off. Okay. Yeah, um, I disabled that because I hate it when it does that. When it right. auto plays the trailer for like whatever's on the top, I was like, yeah. I'm I'm avoiding trailers. Then I walk into Netflix, and first thing you do is give me a trailer. It's like, nope. Right. Disabled. So, so uh, the thing they show was, and I didn't watch much of it because I knew I was just going to immediately start watching the thing. Um, they start to show like the scenes in the flashback where he's like being introduced to the kid. I was just like, "Oh Christ, is this whole movie gonna be like he protects a ten-year-old girl?" And I was just like, "Oh." Well, but I think that was the beauty of it because when they give you the flashback scene, it's like when he's guarding the niece, and like she obviously, I don't know whether she knows what her uncle does. I don't think yeah. so, but it's like at the point where they're attacked. He actually kills the guy, and he actually, she actually sees this, the body, and she's like, "Are you okay?" And she's like, "It's just another Tuesday, or another mm-hmm. Thursday, whatever they throw out." It's like, yeah. and then when the when you repeat that, like throughout the movie later on, when he's trying to save her and everything else, and she's like, "You know, it's just another Tuesday." Yeah. So it's like that. Like they they added the depth and the connection between the characters that wouldn't normally like it wouldn't make sense. Without the flashback scene, like when he goes, it's just another Tuesday. It's like he wouldn't have as much meaning as he did with the flashback scene. It's like yeah. every I, I like stuff like that's built almost like Inception, where it's like a story on top of the other. Mm-hmm. They're kind of all tied in one way or another. Like I like that. Like I like my movies simple, but it's like if you can make it complex for me, I'm there for it. Like I'm gonna love it even more. Yep. Here's a weird one for me. Okay, I'm gonna like simultaneously shit on Ryan Gosling and and give him a compliment because I've generally always found his acting to be like disconnected to the level of early Keanu Reeves like he barely ever seems to give a shit about anything ever um and in the movies where I've really liked him like this one and First Man uh for example um mm-hmm. that that quality seems to really work for him in those in those films, whereas something like La La Land, which I absolutely hated, not entirely because of him, but largely because of him, like, he just, you know, he's giving all, supposed to be giving all these impassioned speeches about how great music is and stuff and whatever, and it's just like, he barely seems to give a fuck, and it's like, why am I supposed to like you again? Um, but... You know, I feel like this movie and 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 First Man largely are written to his strength as an actor. Um, I also like I hated him in and I didn't like this movie as a whole, but I hated him in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I was like, I can't listen to this guy just mumble shit anymore. Um, I actually took a nap for about an hour of Blade Runner twenty forty nine and felt like I didn't miss Jack Squat. 
Um, Brendan. Yeah, McCarthy. that's one of those long-winded movies. But again, like strangely, that's type of movie that I actually like. Yep. Brendan will kill me for saying that. Probably, if he were here, he'd be reaching through the computer and trying to strangle me. But no, but that's the thing. Like I, I, like I know what I like in a movie, and I know like what irks people and stuff like that. For like, so Blade Runner twenty forty nine for me was like almost a perfect movie. Like I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Boris, to... I think Boris, I think slept twice through it. So it's like yeah. we were at the movies, and like he just naps on the chair. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Which is exactly what I knew was going to happen because, like, this is the type of movie that for him it's like too long, but and he just doesn't care about this. Like, there's for him, there's nothing happening, but for me, it's like even the lack of action in the right kind of movie, it's like it's still draw for me. It's like I, uh, Blade Runner, I absolutely love Blade Runner. Yep, this actually, this movie does actually have a couple of uh cast reunions in it, which uh. Well, uh, before you go to that, speaking of uh, Ryan Gosling, his uh, past roles, his future roles, uh, knowing that he plays Ken in the Barbie movie, when they throw out the uh, Ken reference on him, that was pretty funny. Somebody oh, said something about him looking like a glorified Ken doll. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I forgot about that. I, like, oh, I get that reference. That's right. He's playing Ken in the Margot Robbie Barbie movie, yep. right? Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. Cool. Um, yeah, I just really enjoyed this, like, grounded action, like, not a lot, you know, and the the wire foo and all that, and all the stuff they do in the Marvel movies and, and comic book movies and stuff has its place, and I certainly enjoy that in the right situations as well, um, but way more grounded action than you usually see in a lot of things now, um, you know, like, when they when they blew up, like, a bus... In I think they were in was that in Croatia somewhere that big no that was in Prague okay oh yeah okay yeah when they blew up a bus in Prague I actually believe that they blew up a bus in Prague and I would yeah. with what they spent on this movie they probably did um, <laughs> probably the one yeah, the money I, had to go sir the one thing I will knock it for right. And maybe maybe this is the way the book was written, and maybe they were trying to follow that. I get the whole idea of like, you know, they he wanted uh, Rage Jean Page wanted uh, Evans to go after Gosling because Evans didn't have to follow their rules because he's like an outside contract guy. But like, yep. maybe they could have found a way to have him do what he needed to do without committing crimes left and right. That the Jessica Henwood character just keeps calling him out on, and it's just like, uh, yeah, I get you're supposed to be no rules and whatever, but even that has limits. <laughs> yeah. Well, talking... I think this kind of plays into Chris Evans and actually being opposed to what he was with Marvel, being Captain America, Mr. Perfect. It's like here, he didn't have to follow any rules, so he could basically go as psycho as he wanted to. And oh, like God. yeah, like he was over the top sometimes, and the whole like you know, I don't mind burning the village, you know, the whole uh, to make an armor you have to crack a couple of eggs uh, analogy that he gives at one point kind of really sums up the character where he's like really not. Yeah, I actually think the line was, and I started laughing because I thought it was going to be the typical thing of like. In order to make an omelet, you gotta break some eggs. I think he actually said, "In order." He said, "Kill some people." In order to make an omelet, you have to kill some people, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, which really sums up his character for me in this one. Like, you know, he doesn't mind killing a couple of people. And I did like, and like, but you see though how like 
over the line he really gets is when they yep. bring the uh, when he brings the third guy that actually steals the drive from Gosling and uh, oh, the Anna. Guy. Yeah, the Indian guy, he basically, like, at the end, like, the Indian guy, like, when he sees that Chris Evans has absolutely no, no moral code or honor whatsoever, he's like, I don't care about the money anymore. Like, this guy's to be stopped. Money. This is crazy. I'm getting Yeah, like, you know, and when he figures out that Evans is totally okay with killing a kid, he's like, yeah, this is too much even for me. Yep. No, and I, I got I gotta give them credit too though, because I expected, you know, I expected the Evans character was gonna be somebody who had been in that same program and 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 bombed out of it or or was so nuts that they kicked him out of it or whatever. And he wasn't that. He was just a a contractor guy that. Had, well, he was in CIA for like four or five weeks before they, they figure they out. Said, like, they said he was in the CIA for like five months. Um, yeah, before he started breaking ethics rules left and right, and, and they kicked him out. But I, I thought he was yeah. going to be, you know, he was going to be the failed guy from that Sierra program. Well, you that, kind of find out that Ryan Gosling is basically the only guy who actually survived. Well, obviously, a number four that Gosling kills at the beginning. Right. But like, uh, Six is basically the only guy who actually survived in the program long enough. So now yeah. when you think about it, because everybody else either flayed out, died, or was sent back to prison, but that kind of doesn't hold water because basically number four does it for pretty much as long as uh, Gosling does. Right. So right. I think I think that's like slight plot uh, hole, plot hole yeah. right there. But like I, I can see through that. But it's yeah. like you know. I also yeah. um, I also thought it was you know, and they bring up the course of it you find out why the gosling character was in prison and i could have this wrong but i thought it was uh, he had a brother and their father was trying to like radicalize them or like make them like well, so basically their father was trying to toughen them up right but i what i couldn't tell was like the way he played it off i couldn't tell whether it was just like he thought his two his two sons were pussy so he's trying to like Whip him in the shape a little bit, or was he actually trying well, to? The way Gosling put it was like his father was a tough guy and he wanted to do the same to his kids. Yeah, because so I he put him through a lot of like torture basically to try to toughen him up. That... Like he didn't really have a reason for doing it, he was just I doing it. That, and then at one point, I thought it was like, is he trying to make them like future militia members or something? Like, I don't get. I, they don't really go into it as much. They just do say like he was a guy. He wanted the same thing for his kids. Well, it's also not that it's also not that important to the actual plot. It's just my tendency to hang up on little. Yeah, shit. but it does. Yeah, I, but it does give you like a certain point. Like it gives you like different perspective on Gosling's characters. Like, you know, I killed my father to save my brother, but it's like you know everybody saw me as a bad guy in this, this scenario because I killed my father. Right. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into the ending too much or whatever because this hasn't been out for that long and I don't want to ruin this for people or anything, but it's just a fun, solid little, you know, and I'm sure there will be people who will say, like, it's not, it wasn't that good because it doesn't do X, Y, and Z, but, like, as we've said earlier, like, I kind of tone my brain down during action movies, so, like, yep. something's got to be... I think that's the whole point of the action movies. Like, you can... Yep almost follow it with the corner of your eyes and not really lose anything. 
Yep. So like any deeper layers that you can add to it is a, a plus. But like when you boil it down, it's like, you know, you, you want something that you don't have to pay much attention to that you can just sit through and actually enjoy. Have fun. Something's got to be really... Like when, you look at it, when you look at it, like compared to the man from Toronto, it's like completely opposite. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I was also kind of wondering why the... Uh... Why the Jessica Henwick character doesn't shoot Evans in the head way earlier? <laughs> like, seriously? Like, how many more stupid things does this guy have to do before you're like, okay, you're way too much of a liability. Get the fuck out. Um, well, that was, like, yeah. like She sh- definitely should have done it be- sooner. But, like, right. I think her whole uh, rationalization was the fact that uh, her boss was basically going to blame her for everything that goes wrong. As yeah. long as Evans was there, she can actually blame Evans. And right. at the point where he totally screws everything up, he just kills him. He's like, yeah, he's the bad guy. He takes the fall. Right. Um, my favorite line from Evans, and it was probably one of the simpler ones, but uh, after the bit where um, Anadaramus tranks him, and then he goes back to the castle, and at one point yep. he's talking to Henwick, and... and uh, He's walking away from her, and he, she goes, "Why are you walking like that?" And he's like, "Cause I got shot in the ass." <laughs> and I was just okay. This is that kind of movie, then. Okay, uh, yeah, but this was really enjoyable. I recommend this to anybody who you know liked the um, the the stuff that the Russo brothers have done for Marvel, um, particularly Winter Soldier. If you're a fan of that and the type of action that that movie has in it, uh, I would say you're gonna get more of that with this. And, um, you know, actually you're going to get way more of that with this because there's a lot of action in here and it's all filmed that way. Um, I wouldn't speak to that as much with the other, with like Civil War and the two Avengers movies just because of how much CGI they had to have in those. Um, yeah. But there's still moments of that in those movies even because, I mean, I think that's the way those guys prefer to do action. Um, I'm pretty sure that one of them showed up in it somewhere there was a guy towards the end that i think mm. looked like one of them um and they do have i don't a know ten- that, that, that part escaped me if they did they do have a tendency to do that i think one of them was actually in endgame he was in the the, the grief group or the support group that captain america joins um so and i and i think it was towards the end there was a scene where there was like some guy oh it was the the guy in like the congressional panel at the end. Ah, okay. Yep, I, I'm pretty sure that was one of the Russos, but I'm not mm. not 100 certain about that. Um, but yeah, I I really did enjoy this. I would recommend this to action fans. Anyone who wants to see either of those two, either of those two guys put forth a solid performance. Um, you know. I would not recommend necessarily recommend this to women who are fans of what's his name, the Bridgerton guy, because he's pretty much a giant dick um, for the entire film. I don't know. That's, I don't know how that's gonna work for a lot of these women that like that show. Um, but I did. Oh, the one thing I want to knock it for. Okay, we're, we've been in spoilers for a while now. Is I wish there had been. I wish the the motivation for all the stuff that the the asshole boss was doing was more than or different than the same thing they do in every fucking CIA movie ever now, where it's just like, oh yeah, he's using them for like personal hits and shit. And it's like, 
That's what they always do. Yeah, this kind of repetitive. Yeah, like, and as somebody who likes a lot of spy movies and a lot of that kind of stuff, like, they all do that now. So it's like, I was kind of hoping that these guys would, and, you know, it does do a lot of things well, so I don't want to drag it too much for just this one aspect, but, I mean, I was kind of hoping that these guys would bring something different to that, and maybe they're, again, maybe they're following the book and they felt they had to do that, but, like, I could, you know, the second they started to get into what, Reggie John Page's real motivation was I turned to my wife and went, even before the person said it, I was like, he's using the 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 Sierra people as personal hitmen. That's why that's why all this is happening. And then they yep. said pretty much that. And she was like, how did you know that? I said, because I've seen a million fucking spy movies and that's what they all do. Um, but yeah, I even wouldn't mind like a sequel to this. Um, and I don't know what the I don't know what the metric would be for whether you would actually do that or not because you know it's not the it's obviously not the same math as what like a regular box office movie would do like you're never going to know like what what the viewership numbers for this were or anything and what what threshold Netflix wants for another one if they want to do that but they you know it seems to me that clear it's clear to me they're desperate for some sort of like franchise thing they can pump another one out every couple of years i mean i you know how many uh, books are there in the series like i don't know i'm i'm actually gonna look it up now there might be more than one because i mean if, if there's more books and if this at least loosely does follow the book like yeah i can i can see more mo- more movies yeah. on this because uh, i mean they've had as, I, like my mine's like if we're talking sequels like as long as you don't dilute it like if you, if you still keep russo's are the still ones doing it and like you know maybe even if the budget does go down some like yeah. as far as like because i think like when you look at the whole production level the casting the like the action itself the cinematography like everything when you add it together is like this is a pretty solid movie it's like if you as long as you keep that on the level that it is like i yeah i had one I, i'd see more of these man like gosling yeah. it's perfect in this one like, I think they've, you know, Netflix has tried for a couple of these franchise things. Like, I know that that Bright thing was supposed to be that, and they were at yeah. one, they were at one point going to do a sequel to that, and I think that went away once Will Smith slapped Chris Rock in the face. I think that pretty <laughs> yeah. much went away. Uh, well, the Chris uh, Hemsworth extraction is getting the oh, second yeah, part. That is their first uh, franchise film, I think. Um, yeah, that's not Adam Sandler related. <laughs> Yep. Um, yeah, and actually, speaking of that, speaking of just general Netflix stuff, I know they were at one point, and you bring up Hemsworth, that's what made me think of this, uh, and I know you're not a huge wrestling guy, but I thought this was interesting. Because of all the stuff that's been going on with Vince McMahon lately, uh, they had a, Netflix had a documentary about him that was going to come out within the next few months. They pulled the plug on that. Um, well, obviously. And I almost kind of wonder if the if the Hemsworth movie about Hulk Hogan that they were doing will also get its plug pulled, um, because I'm sure he was going to be a pretty large part of that. Um, so I well, uh, when, when we did talk uh, to a little detail when we were doing the tour. Love and Thunder review, we did talk about Chris Hemsworth and how certain roles of his kind of outside of Marvel don't really pan out. 
Yeah. Uh, action is basically like, uh, I think it works. I think it's one of those that actually does work with Hemsworth in it. But then when you look at like uh, the Spider Head that also aired on Netflix, like that movie was boring. It was like the only yeah. thing that, that's as bad as uh, Man from Toronto was actually was Spider Head. That was then I watched. Before, right. That was him. Yeah. Yep. And okay. like the movie was okay, but the whole like there was nothing outstanding about it. There was nothing about it that made you look. It was just another one of those. Like that—that's that, the second movie that I actually sat through that I didn't want to sit through. Oh, wow! And then, yeah, that's then saying. I watched. The, yeah, that's saying a lot. Like that's two movies in a row that I actually watched when I was going through Netflix queues. It was like, okay, what's there to watch? Yep. But then I watched the uh, Interceptor one with Delsa oh, Pataki with his wife. His wife, right? Yeah. Yep. And he shows up in a cameo role. And it's better than Man from Toronto and Spiderhead put together. And he's only there in like a couple of scenes, but it's like uh, he still has the dad bot from uh, Ragnarok and stuff. No, well, not from Ragnarok, but from Endgame. Yeah. From Endgame. So he's like he's still a little like baggy clothes and everything else. And he's so funny in it. It's like best I can compare it to is like the Ghostbusters female version where he's like there for yeah. the comedy relief but it works better than the whole movie except for yeah, he, like for he was interceptor he kind of like yeah well he, he was, was hysterical, hysterical here movie. my problem with that was like they made him so stupid uh, so stupid i was like how is he even breathing yeah so, um but he was like he was funny in it and he, like for me, he yeah. was still the best part about Ghostbusters Three. Is like Chris Hemsworth, at least until he goes all evil. Then they kind of like tone it down a little bit. Yep. But it's like that... he's just the stupid assistant that's there, like just for being hot. Like and... his character works, and they do something and... similar in, the, in in Interceptor, where it's like yep. he's there for the comedy relief. But it works, like, and it was so funny. It's like I would, I would like if you. When you get out to the point where you have nothing to watch and you have an hour and a half to kill, I'd recommend watching the movie. Yeah, that that Ghostbusters 2016 movie. As much as I hate it, that movie will go down as that is the first like collaborative content thing that any of the four of us did, and that was way before like any we had the podcast idea or anything. And this is you probably wouldn't even remember this. Your brother might. No, uh, Boris I mean, definitely might. Yeah depending on when, I don't remember exactly when we met him, but um, Josh and that guy Jim had a website back in the day where they wrote stuff, and uh, I I was going to the, the Ghostbusters 2016 movie for opening weekend, even though I ended up hating it, and it was it is still one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, oh yeah, that is horrible. But I was just like, <laughs> I'm a huge Ghostbusters fan, I have to go see this. Um and I said, you know, do you guys want something for your website for it? I'll write it, you know. So that was the first, like, collaborative thing any of the four of us ever did was that. Well, there um, you go. Eventually leads to this, which, um, yeah. so, uh, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed this. I hope maybe there, even if they don't do more of this, I would like to see Netflix give the Russo brothers more movies. Um, just because I do think, you know, they 
Netflix to me seems to care more about their filmmakers than a lot of other studios do and a lot of other like I don't know as, as much as I love like the Marvel stuff for example which we talked about a fair bit today um I don't know that they care about directors all that much in those like yeah I think they're like perfectly okay with just kidding and bringing in somebody else yeah like Feige uh, could like... Direct, Feige could direct all those movies for all they care you know yeah <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I think this was if you're if you're up for this kind of movie, this is definitely worth your time. Um, you know, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to somebody that's not in the mi- mood for an action movie or a spy film or whatever, but pretty fun in terms of that. Um, and as far as other Netflix content that's coming out soonish, um, I do know I saw something for they have a Marilyn Monroe movie with Anna Darmus. That's supposed to yep. come out this year. I think it's supposed to be their first NC-17 film, which, you know, hey, say what well, you will. I, I think, you know, Anna Darmas, ever since she showed up in the Point Break remake or reboot or wherever it was, like she's definitely on my. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Okay, I'm trying to remember the first thing I ever saw her in. It wasn't that. It wasn't that. It wasn't that because I still haven't seen it. Um. It might have been Blade Runner, although I feel like there was something before that, but I'm not. Oh, you know what? It was that she did a, and it must have been fairly low budget. I don't think these kind of things get a lot of money anymore. She did a, like a boxing movie about Roberto Duran with like. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. She was the girlfriend and like she never spoke a word of English because she was supposed to be from like whatever I think he's Panamanian. Yeah, it was the Hands of Stone, if I yeah. remember. Yeah, that. Okay. And, I mean, she, yeah, I don't think she speaks a work, word of English that entire movie. And I don't think my my notice of her was anything more than, at that point, because I had never heard her speak any English, I don't think my notice of her at that point was any more than, wow, she's fucking hot. Um, but, you know, yeah. she's turned into somebody that... Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'd go out of my way to watch something that she's in. But... Oh, no, sorry. The point break, that was Teresa Palmer. Okay. But Ana Darmus is definitely, like, I wouldn't go out of my, like, I wouldn't go see something for her. Like, I wouldn't, like, put down theater money to go see something that she was in. But if I know she's in something, I can at least look forward to, oh, she's good. This will be, this part of this will be fine. Anyway. Yeah, I can put it in, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I and I know um, Netflix also has the Knives Out sequel coming in the next few months. Um, I don't know if she's, I don't know if she's going to be involved in that or not. I think, I think that, one, that one is mostly Craig. I know, I know they're taking the Daniel Craig character and just giving him a separate movie. But considering, yep. considering that the end of End of the first one, she was she almost seemed like she was going to be working with him. I don't know if she'll show up in that one as well. I hope um, she does because, like you know, if she's in a movie, like I I watch it. Like like you said, like if she's if it's just her, like I don't think she has that much of a star power. But she has the looks for it definitely. Yeah. Like you know, but when you put it, it like, like I think I think this Marilyn Monroe thing will be the real test of that. 
Like, because she's obviously she's the star of that, and you know. Well, and... I honestly have no attention of watching that movie. Out like I have no premise for that movie other than like you know, she's in it. Like I want to oh, see how it, she does. Yeah. I will absolutely watch it just to see you know because what yeah. I fear with what I fear with that because every everything I read about it just keeps talking about oh it's NC seventeen or whatever. Is that because people are so shocked that, that Netflix would actually do that by this point, where that type of movie seems to have completely gone away? Or is that because it's nothing more than she spends half the movie naked? Like, you know, and that's fine. I'm not going to argue as a guy, as a, as a straight, oh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not going to argue against that. But I mean, at the same time, it's like, I hope it's more than that if they're, if 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 they're gonna you know because they're probably gonna draw some amount of flack for it too like even releasing something like that on a platform yeah, where but it, like at the same time like if she's supposed to be carrying the movie like I don't want it just to be for the looks yeah like, I hope I it... want it like, I want it for the acting chops as well because like yeah. honestly if she does good in I think it's blonde is the name of the movie yes it is. like I think like she has a lot of like. Like you know, then she can get like more roles and stuff like that. Yeah, because I mean, done done right, something like that. I mean, I know Hollywood and and the Oscar committee and stuff loves all those biopic type movies, especially about other Hollywood people. Like yeah. done right, that could get her an Oscar nomination. Yeah. Um. But well, it has to be like it can't just be on the basis of looks. Like she has to act it out. And I yeah, really and hope I, she does, just because like I, I want to see her in more stuff. No, like, I, I want her on screen more. I think they, I think they, to me, because she's not, and you know, I don't want to sound all Republican about it or anything, but because she's, you know, Marilyn Monroe was a white woman, and mm-hmm. Harris clearly is not that. So, like, if they were willing to cast her for that, I would think that's because she brought more to it than, hey, I'm going to look hot in this dress and exactly. And you want me to be naked for sixty percent of this movie? Okay, um, so I gotta think there's gonna be more to it than just that. Um, I and I haven't heard anything about like whether they plan on doing more with like the Adam Project or Red Notice or anything. Cause I don't know how watched those were. Like, well, Red Notice was supposed to get a sequel. Yep. Yeah. But Reynolds kind of taking a break and whatever. Like, I don't know where we are with oh, that. Yeah. Yep. And I oh. think I think most of most of uh, uh Rock's focus was on Black Adam. So like yeah, I don't yeah. think he even like yeah. Well that's been being worked on for quite some time by now. And I but I think yeah, it's been in the works for a while. But I, I think like that. we may see Red Notice too, which I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, I still gotta um, go back and watch it. Like I I saw the stuff for it when it first came out. I was just never because it looked fun, but it looked kind of like okay, this is gonna be like one of those kind of stupid Fast and the Furious type action movies. So I gotta be in the right mood for this, and uh, that mood had hit me since then. But the problem is they put so much fucking stuff out that I completely forgot yeah. about. I'm by the time I was ready to go back for it, there were like eight other things on there by then, and I completely forgot about it. Um. Yeah, so um, I think we pretty much hit everything we want to with these. Uh, and oh, I yeah, know, and then some, I think. 
<laughs> okay. So I, yeah, because we ended up turn it ended up turning into like a discussion about Netflix movies in general. Um, couple other things, and I'm trying to, something you brought up made me think of of something else, and I can't remember what it was. Uh oh, it was the Reynolds thing that made me think of this. Okay, with all the Marvel announcements, there was still nothing about Deadpool three, which to me says they're not doing it. Um, uh, nothing about nothing X Men related at all. Uh, that I think is because they're taking their time and they want to make sure they whatever they end up doing with that they want to make sure they do it right because yep. Fox actually does have good movies for those so you do actually have it's not like the Fantastic 4 thing where all, all you have to do is make something, you know, remotely good and you're making the best thing that's ever been done. Um the other thing was that um I know we talked we might have talked about this show a little bit when we did Miss Marvel. Uh Armor Wars was not on that list of things anywhere. Uh, but the guy who's writing it came out and said, yeah, we're still doing it. It's just not ready yet. Um, cause there was, there was well, a something of- like armor wars and this has to go well. I did read a couple of first issues of armor wars. Yeah. Uh, when we actually released the comic book editions, uh, I'm okay with them. Take like, Honest, okay, like, the big question mark over Marvel, I guess, was all this time, was, like, before, you always had the Avengers that were kind of the end point. And yep. you knew the direction it was going was, like, okay, we're going, we're heading towards the Avengers movie. And, like, one thing that you did bring up today, like, you kind of have the feeling that they were lacking direction. But all of a sudden, now, you know what the direction is. Like, you know where they're headed at. You know that a lot of... Uh, I think with the announcement of Secret Wars, I think a lot of what's happening with the Armor Wars is going to be related to the Secret Wars. So I think that's probably going to be part of Phase 6 even. And the fact that they're going to take the time to actually do it right, that only makes me like now all of a sudden, like I'm a lot more optimistic uh, as to what Marvel is doing. Like all of a sudden there's like a heading, there's a direction, like I know where we're heading at now. So like there's a clearer picture. Like I'm a lot more positive. Like we when we did all the TV shows review like lately, like you know, outside of Hawkeye, everything was like even with the movies, like there were so many question marks going on. Like now just the fact that they did announce that they're gonna put up two uh, Avengers movies within a year is like now like I'm a lot more optimistic to everything that Marvel is doing yep. from now on. I think direction certainly helps. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I I mean, and I'm sure Feige will lie about this until he's blue in the face, but I don't think Deadpool 3 is ever happening. Um, I don't think they ever had any intention of doing that. Um, I think they own it now because of the Fox thing, but given what, given what Fox had made those things to be, I don't think Marvel ever had any interest in doing those. And they're just whatever they've said about that up to this point was to placate the fan base. Um, well, here's the thing with that: like they did announce that uh, Logan and Deadpool are coming to Disney oh, Plus. They're there. They're there now. So, yeah. So I guess I don't know. I think partially they want to see how it does with the viewership. Yep. You know, like how they actually because they did release them as R-rated, I guess. Yeah. Right? No. Well, now they have. Once they put the um, 
once they put all the Netflix crap on Disney Plus, like the Marvel Netflix stuff, they added parental controls. So okay, basically you can go, you know, now you can, because their whole big thing with the beginning of Disney Plus was that we're never going to put any R-rated shit on here and it's just all going to go to Hulu. And I think they're yeah. realizing that Hulu in this country is dying a slow death and all that stuff is just going to end up on Disney Plus eventually anyway. So, I mean, in other countries, it's just, there is no Hulu. It's just Disney Plus everywhere. Um, yeah. I think they're, it's probably their acknowledgement that that's what's going to end up happening anyway. Um, and as far this as... Is the, you, you could have kept Fox Studios alive and then, like, kept, you know, you can release the Deadpool stuff to Fox. I would like, be shocked if, if, ever, if they ever do actually do Deadpool 3, it'll have the 20th Century thing in front of it. Um, because, like, honestly, like, I, I want to see Deadpool 3. I want to see, I want to go farther than that. I want to see Deadpool 4. Yeah, he's Deadpool getting old, though. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I get that, but it's like, it's still like, you know, I want to see as much Deadpool as I can before, you know, they, honestly, you don't, you don't I don't think anybody's ever going to cut a character to the way uh, Ryan Reynolds has. No. And honestly, no. You, don't, you don't need Ryan Reynolds in the outfit. Like, oh no! Like you just need him the, to do voice stuff and like whatever. Most of the like, stuff they do with Deadpool, action-wise, he's he's wearing the mask anyway, so you can put anybody. Yeah, in that you can put mask. anybody in there. Um, yeah, and as far as other things we have coming up, I'm going away for a week, uh, or most of a week. So, uh, you guys are gonna do The Boys season three later this week. Um. Yep. I think the Wednesday is uh, as it stands now. The Wednesday is the plan. I will be flying to New York. Um, so I will try to listen to it maybe, uh, while I'm there, but, um, so there's that. And then we are talking about, we're going to get back to Lord of the Rings and stuff. Um, I think those are going to be, uh, me, Josh, Sarah, Brent, and you could, you could probably, yeah. Cause I think we're well, going to like, if you have a spot open for me, I'd love to jump in on those. Uh, I think Justin was going to step oh. out on those because he only really likes The Hobbit. Um, and I think oh. we're gonna, we were going to... I'm game. Like, if you have a spot for me, we were gonna, I'll We jump. were going to replace him with Brendan because Brendan had stated interest. But I think that still... Since Josh and Sarah are in one place, I think that still leaves us one. Plus, I mean, really, with the Discord thing, the five-person limit is only because we want that, not because it requires yeah. it. Um, but yeah, we'll we're going to get back to that. We're talking about doing The Godfather and Goodfellas for, uh, to commemorate the passing of James Caan and uh, Sorvino now, respectively. Um, so we'll probably do well, those. And Ray Liotta as well. So. And Liotta, yep. Of course, forgot about that. Um, so yeah, I we will definitely have stuff this week, further stuff this week with the boys thing. And then what I would almost say, um, and I'll talk to Josh and Justin about this, but like whatever you guys, whatever we do next week should be decided by somebody other than me. Cause I might not have time to actually watch anything by the time we get back from New York. Right. Um, well, you know, I think, uh, Josh can, you know, I'm pretty then, sure he has some horror on the back burner. This year. Yeah, we, can <laughs> figure, we can figure something out. I'm yeah. sure he was supposed to go to Nope with Sarah and Sarah's cousin. Yeah. And- I don't know yep. if he did that or not. Um, so you could get a show out of that if he did, but I told him yeah, like we'll go, have something to drop. go and get a show out of it, <laughs> you know, because he didn't yeah. he didn't seem like he really wanted to do it. So 
I was just like, go. I think he has more with the cousin than actual the movie. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. And she actually did back when this was a while back, but when we were doing when a quiet place two came out, we had two reviews of that actually. One of them was me, and one of them was him and Sarah's cousin. So she's oh. been she's been on the show. Um, so I've never met her, but then again, I've never met him either, really. Um, we've just been corresponding over Facebook and Discord for the last six years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, so we will get, and we're definitely planning on um, the lower decks season one and two recap will probably be late August. Um. We want to get that out before the season three premiere, um, which is August. And before you head to Vegas. Yeah, which is August. Uh, I'll be leaving for Vegas on the 23rd, and that premieres on the 25th. And then we will do the first two episode reviews probably Labor Day weekend. Um, yep. Something like that. And we could even, you know, if everybody's doing, if like Justin and I are doing stuff for Labor Day, we could even push it back another week and do three of them in a because yeah, they're really short. So it's like, yeah, you I'd know. have I'd have less problem doing three of those in a show than like three episodes of Picard because they're oh yeah for sure yeah three of those is like one episode of Picard basically so exactly um so yeah we'll figure that out in a couple of weeks um because I think I think the the uh, the Lower Decks recap show will be... The first two seasons recap show will be pretty fun. Um, and I don't think we're going to do... You know, I don't think it's feasible to do, like, full plot run-throughs of all 20 of them. Like, it just doesn't make a lot of sense. So I think no, we, I think that'd be way too much time. I think we just kind of run, run through the characters and the situation and, like, high points and low points and favorite episodes that each of us have and everything. So yep. um, I think that'll be... We'll get a good couple hours out of that, and that'll be a good prime. I mean, we've never done anything with lower decks before, um, so it'll be a good primer for our audience and everything. Um, so, and then we will do weekly reviews of that once it starts again. And I think Prodigy is set for sometime after that, although I haven't seen anything official yet. Um, I feel like that's probably going to be uh, winter of 22 at this point for the back half of season one, finally. Uh, so hopefully we'll get that as well, or we'll get some sort of announcement about that soon. Um, so thank you for joining me for these. Um, I know this probably turned into be far more wide ranging than it was originally intended to be, but I think we got a decent show out of it. So, yeah, I I'd agree. All right, go to bed. I know it's late where you are. So, uh, uh coming up on 2 a.m. Actually, oh, I don't know how you do this all the time, man. You've done like. Honestly, I keep counts of um, I keep counts. And I don't have it on me; it's on my work computer. But I keep counts of um, all the number of episodes we all do. You're like ninety. How the hell yeah. do you do this with this time difference? I don't get it. <laughs> oh, I'm a night owl, so like I sleep in late, stay up late, so. Uh, whatever works, and we and we enjoy. I mean, the... like at the end, at the end of the day, I'd still be up. So like, whether I'm doing this or just watching something, it's like. We appreciate the help of the content, though. You and your brother have been, you know, for something that the four of us started just thinking it would always be just the four of us doing it. The fact that we have you and your brother and Brendan and all these other people who are willing to help 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 us come in and host. I mean, that's kind of to me, that's kind of broadened what we're even able to do as a show in that time. Yeah, well, I have to say, like, it took a while for Boris to nag me into doing this, but now, like, 
I remember that. Once I met you guys. I remember the 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 early um retro retro trek thing. It was the Voyager 100, and you were very much like I could almost tell he was like prodding you to say anything. <laughs> um, and you've definitely yeah. you've definitely taken some steps from there. So yes. oh yeah, well uh, well you know it's like a new environment. Like I I never met you before, so it was like you know. Yeah. And even for like the YouTube stuff that I did with Boris, that was mostly because like I'd I'd be in the room where he would record it. It's like his monologues are like, dude, yeah. you gotta have somebody to bounce ideas off of. Well, it's gotta be weird too, because like, you know, and I mean, granted, Josh and Justin and Brent and I have never been in the same room, and we've all we've been friends for like six years. But it's gotta be even weirder for you guys, like never like barely knowing any of us and coming in and doing that like we've at least had you know six years of regular conversation to base this all on but you know for you guys and yeah, that's why the first couple of them like were weird or whatever but it's like once yeah. you get into the groove like we're yeah. friendly enough to like you know and you guys are great so it's like yep there was never any you know oh yeah and crack, we'll always, you know it's like it worked we'll always take ideas like if Anybody who's listening to this when it gets published has an idea for something that we should do. Join our Facebook group and tell us what you want us to do, and we will probably we will probably at least unless it's you know I'm not watching fucking Human Centipede or any of that nonsense. But uh, if it's if it's something that Josh is, might though, yes, mo- mo- I will say that the vast majority of, of pitches we get for shows will be considered. At the very least, by somebody. Yeah, it's like no, it's really interesting when you look at it. It's like we have enough people that cover enough, like wide enough net that like nothing's off limits, basically. Yeah, that, to me, that was kind of the when we first started doing this. That was kind of the appeal, and you know, I get a little inside show here as we approach number three hundred, because um, we're twelve away as of now. Um, that was kind of my appeal for doing like a four host show. Or like we didn't all have to be on it all the time because like it do- then it doesn't always have to be about the same thing or we all have different interests so like if Justin wants to go like here's an example and I think he did a really good job with this this is something I never would have I never would have watched this thing on my own because I don't like dog movies um yeah. but like he did that Channing Tatum dog movie and he was great and like. That is something that I don't think any of the rest of us ever would have done. And, you know, we never we never would have none of us ever would have covered that. And I think because nope. the four of us have different enough interests and we have the stuff that you guys and Brendan and and uh I know we've had uh like Steven Becker's done a couple, like not as many as you guys have, but he's done like one or two and like the fact that we're that we have all these different people, all these different interests who keep throwing us ideas and you know, we're just doing things like I and we haven't done it yet, but I never thought we'd sit down and do the Godfather. Like, really? We're a bunch of nerds. Why are we going to sit and do the Godfather? Yeah, <laughs> and then you have you and me who never seen the movie. So it's like, right. But it makes you know, sense. Why we, it makes sense why we would do that now. Like, we've been doing this long enough now where it's like there's nothing you could say to me where I wouldn't be like, OK, that at least kind of makes sense why we would do that. Um, yeah. So, yep, and we're still going to... There's always somebody, like, even if it's not something you and I will do. You know, yeah. hey, Josh and Brent or Brandon, like, you know, they they, yep. they might be interested in doing and, this. And uh, we are we are still doing uh, the movie 300 for episode 300. So keep that in your 
keep that in your back pocket to watch that in the next few weeks. As we're, we're yeah, as we as we get closer to three hundred, yeah, we, we should we should soon. actually figure out get recorded before time just so it's ready to drop. Yeah, I sh- I'll bring that up in the in the Discord after I come back from New York because then I'll have a bet. Yeah, we- just because like you know, scheduling wise and everything, like we don't want to wait like. After twenty, you know, two ninety nine, then be like, "Oh, we got to record three hundred for three hundred. Once we get, like, um, we should have it recorded just so it's ready. Yep. Once we get closer to, because we'll be at like two ninety. I mean, I think I think the boys is two eighty nine when you guys do that, and then if there's some yep. other random random thing in between, so we're looking at we're looking at that pretty soon. So we should figure out. You're right. We should. I want to kind of have that done beforehand. So yeah, just so it's ready to drop. Yeah, when we get to 300. We don't, what I realized, too, is you don't want to have it conflict with some big, huge release that we feel we have to deal with. Um, exactly. This way, if it's recorded and ready, you can just... Yep. So, yeah, um, maybe we'll... Yeah, I'll, I'll throw that out in the Discord. We'll yeah, once you get back. Yeah, we'll set a time like, to get that one. Figure out a time, yeah. Cool. All right, man, well, I'll I'll talk to you. You know, I'll be around until Wednesday morning or so, then we're going to end up playing... Yeah. Um, and I'll have my phone on me. I'll have my phone on me. We're staying. We're staying at my mother-in-law's house, so it's not like I won't be on my phone um, or any of that. I'll check in the Discord while I'm away. But um, so have a great week and stuff, and we'll we'll talk down the road. Good man. Good. Later. It's a good one, man. Yep.